from Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. Appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Radio Hour. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And we are glad to welcome Katie Parada, the Superintendent of Schools for the Diocese of Sacramento. Oh. Always good to see you. Always good to see you. Thanks so much for it's, having it's me. It's nice we know what each other look like now. We I know. We're not wearing masks anymore. It's so nice. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> Schools, uh, it's Catholic Schools Week. It is Catholic Schools Week, and we are so excited. Um, this is the 40, I think this is the 49th anniversary of National Catholic Schools Week. Um, started by the NCEA. Yeah, started yeah. by uh, Lincoln. By Lincoln Well, Snyder. Lincoln didn't start it, but he continues <laughs> to carry the torch. Yes, so indeed. that's nice to see that he's still he's still putting it out so on there. Na- it's a national celebration for a week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and we celebrate... Um, you know, uh, just our students and our pastors and our teachers and our parents. So it's really just a nice way to say thank you and celebrate who we are at the core. So, yes. So you're, uh, how far into the job now? A year and a half? Yeah. I know. Can you believe it? Last year was a whirlwind. Yeah. Well, it's a whirlwind looking back. Yeah. Every day was pretty slow during that COVID time. <laughs> well, yeah. How is it taking over? You were a principal in, in Benicia. Uh huh. How is it taking over? Was that St. Dominic's? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You taking over in the middle of a pandemic? I mean, which is, I mean, I, I go back quite a ways in my schooling, and I don't ever remember schools being closed for any reason. No. And and I would remember because I loved it if school was closed. (laughs) I think kids were pretty excited, you know, at the the thought that school might be closed for a week or two. But then after that, you know, it was was not just a snow week. It was like, oh, my gosh. We we had... I say four teenagers at a time. Nothing happened to them. They two of them got older. Well, they all got older, but there was, now there's only two teenagers. You know, but but and it was just amazing the the difference between the there were three girls and a boy, and they all responded differently. Yeah. To, to being at home, to not being with their friends, to yes. it wasn't like hey, there's no school. Let's go bowling let's go to Tahoe yes. let's they weren't doing that because nobody could do anything with anybody oh absolutely especially the little ones we see it in the little ones you know because some of them have never actually been in a classroom so they're right. coming you know to school in first grade for the first time or second yeah. grade you know um so we've definitely seen just the negative impact there you know of of okay we have to go back to the basics yeah I, I remember with with my son it was like he had he he started as a junior in high school. I mean, yeah. that was his oh, first, yes. first foot set at the high school. Yeah, can you imagine? No, can't I imagine. Can't. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, typically you're nervous. You know, you just finished your eighth grade year. You're coming in as a freshman, right. um, but to come in as a junior, that's crazy. I, I mean, that's crazy because typically you're already, you know, when you become a junior, you're kind of in the oh, yeah. I'm about to rule the school. Right. Yes, yes. So I can't imagine that. It's just yeah. incredible. But yes, when I first started and um, came on board, 
uh, Lincoln, you know, was, you know, very uh, reassuring of Katie. We're not going to be dealing with COVID. Yeah. Like this is going to be over by the time we come back, you know, after summer, this isn't, this isn't going to, you're not going to have to worry about anything. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Like, let's see. So, you know, we were so excited that things were going to be a little bit back to normal. And yeah. then it was that, that was, um, really just disappointing when that was not the case. Um, and then when we came back in January, so last year when we came back in January, things had calmed down before the holidays. Yeah. So so some of our schools were starting to have, you know, some safe outdoor things right. and um, some Advent uh, celebrations. And then when we came back after the new year in January, I think that's when everybody had Omicron or whatever that variant was at the time. And that was nuts. That that was nuts. Everybody had it. Um, yeah. And we were, you know, going back to virtual learning for a while. And so many, you know, teachers were out and students were out. And so anyways, it was nice uh, this January to come back after the new year without that. Um, but then we came back to all the stormy weather. Yeah. Um, so that was that was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Did you have to close any schools because of the weather? We closed. We only had a few schools that had to close for one day. Um, and that was due to like main water lines or mm-hmm. things of that nature. But no you big know. tree fell on. The no, thank, thank goodness. Oh, um, we didn't have a ton of damage anywhere. Um, and, you know, kudos to SMUD. They worked really hard just to get our schools really up and running. So. I don't know about everyone else's experience, but you know, it's, it's, it's really funny because where we we live, it's PG and E. Okay, yes. And PG and E's way, you know, a lot of places in Northern California, Smuds more localized in Sacramento County, but it's it's real easy. You know, you open your bill and you pick on the power company, and my experience with PG and E in our area when they come out. They are the the most hardworking, nicest people yes. in the world. Forget about corporate, you know. Yes, you can complain, yes, of course. But they are just so hardworking. And yes. It's three in the morning. Yes. And your power's out. Yes. And, and they're out there, and the wind's howling, and it's pouring rain, and the dogs yes. hiding under the bed. They and these really guys are. are out climbing the poles. Yes. Even it's pitch black out yeah. there, you know, and they're out there working. So. Yes, we have to be grateful, grateful to them for their hard work. I remember I was up. It was about it was about midnight, and I was we had a, a we have a front window that you can see across the street, and I'm sitting in the living room, and I, I, there's a big power pole or across the street in somebody's backyard, and all of a sudden it sounded like a bomb went off, boom, and sparks, and and and, oh and, and I thought. Everybody else in the house was asleep, you know, about 30 seconds later, another one. Yeah. 30 seconds later, another one. And <laughs> then all the power goes out. It's just out. And you're just like, kind of waiting for it, yeah, too. Like... At least it was, you know, you just go to bed, you know, but then there's no power in the morning. Well, in these days, I feel like, you know, you use, you have Wi-Fi, and so, so many people are working from home, yeah. and, you know, there's Zoom meetings, and just all kinds of stuff, I, and so when the power does go out, it's a little bit of a reminder of what do you even do? Like, yeah. you can't watch TV, you can't, you can't be on, scrolling on social media. Yeah. Your, 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 your personal <laughs> hotspot is a personal dead spot. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of funny. It's like, It oh, really is. I, I've, oh. I've, I've said to my wife many times, I said, I think 
we're not just we, but society, we're painting ourselves into a corner without knowing it. <laughs> yes. And one day the power's going out permanently. So, <laughs> some bad person somewhere is going to figure out how to just. <laughs> I'm not. Put, I'm. I am not agreeing, and I am not putting that out there. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> but it's like because you you don't realize it until the power goes out. No, and it's kind of. I, I mean, I would have to think, you know, okay, where did I put my candles or where's my yep. flashlight yep. or where are the board games? <laughs> I don't, yeah. Where's the deck of cards? Well, yeah, when, when the power goes out, you think we need to run to the hardware store. We need to, and the hardware store's closed because yeah. they don't have any power either. <laughs> and, and you go, why didn't we think to have candles and... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? all of those commercials about being prepared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then there's, there's no batteries in the house anyway. Oh, no. There's never <laughs> any batteries. never any batteries. <laughs> or there's only one. There's one, not two. Yeah. Only one left in the package. <laughs> so you got very lucky. But, you know, you're, you're superintendent of schools. You take over. You have a 80-hour-a-week job to do anyway. How much of your time did you have to devote to COVID and storms and things like that? I think COVID, COVID was a lot. I mean, that was 80% of, of what I really did deal with, um, you know, in my first year. Um, but besides that, you know, my top priority was just to be visible on my campuses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really think that one of the best parts of my job is being on campuses, but it's also just so important that our principals feel supported, that our teachers know who I am, you know, that I know who they are, that I know their name. You know, and and talking to students and asking how it's going. And, you know, I think so it's like you don't know what you don't know. So you have to know. Um, And you can only know by by being present um, and by being visible and by being out there and really being in the trenches and seeing what's going on. You know, I can't possibly make any decisions collectively um, without having a true pulse on on what's happening. So what, what was the hardest part of the pandemic? Uh, I think for I think for us in schools, I think it was twofold. I think it was managing the expectations and emotions of parents. Uh-huh. Um, but and parents I, were all over the map because they were all over yeah. the map, and so that was really challenging. You know, our our number one priority was keeping our schools open um, safely, yeah. and so safely that had requirements and that had restrictions. Right. And um, you had to follow the and rules. we had to follow the rules. Yeah. Right? We don't we don't supersede public health. So we had to follow the rules. We had to keep our school. But we, you know, definitely wanted to meet our parents where they were. So, I mean, our teachers obviously did a great job with the virtual and in person. I mean, that that was a lot to take on. Your teachers have a sense of mission. Oh, absolutely. They do. Like like my job, I signed up for it and presumably it was going to be in person but by golly it ended up not being i was, I was being dual sometimes mm-hmm. and they just said that's my job to educate mm-hmm. the kids i'm gonna do it and it's such a testament to our teachers because at the end of the day the the problem wasn't oh i'm just tired it was they were so dedicated to to making sure that our students who were on zoom 
were taken care of just as much as the students yeah. who were in front of them. Exactly. And they felt like running, you know, the two programs, it, it almost, you know, diminished their curriculum and diminished their lesson plans. And it, it was like they it watered down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were so conscious of that, of, of you know, I got to reach every single one of my students. Right. And it's this is really challenging. Um, so just that internal need to make sure, you know, that their that their kids were learning was was incredible. So we see nationally and statewide, you know, test scores and, and the, the learning loss or whatever it's being tagged with. How much of that did we experience in our Catholic schools and what can you do about it? Absolutely. I mean, what can we do about it? Definitely, we go back, we we look. I mean, we do a lot of benchmark assessments with our kids when they come in, you know, and every couple months just to see what standards, you know, have they not met and how do we get them there? Yeah. Um, I mean, we have amazing EAS teachers out there. I mean, just even our classroom teachers spending so much extra time right. um, with our students to, to ensure that they are progressing, you know, and, and are where they need to be. Fortunately, I mean, especially since it's Catholic Schools Week, we are, um, you know, that's part of what we're celebrating is academics and Catholic schools have been nationally recognized um, because they have, you know, really shown progress over the pandemic exactly. and, and outscored, you it's know. Truly, I mean, it's, it's that, that word is out. That word yeah. is out. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's exciting and it's something to be proud of. I mean, th- what these. Do you, what do you attribute that to? Oh, our teachers. Absolutely. Yeah. Our teachers. And and I give just as much credit to our parents, though, too, because I can't imagine, you know, having little ones while you're trying to do your remote job, but yep. keeping them on Zoom or, you know, whatever it might be. I mean, that was two full time jobs for parents. Sure. Um, and our parents were patient and they partnered with us. And and I mean, they deserve just as much credit as our teachers. So, you know, I'm proud of that partnership that we were able to make. How many families did you encounter that were either technologically just incapable or didn't have the didn't have the equipment? Yeah, I mean, at the time when we were doing that, I was still a principal. So, you know, diocesan wide, I wouldn't be able to tell you. In our own school, though, what we we were a one to one school. So we did reach out and make sure that every student that was going home had a device to use. Um, And many of our schools across the diocese, that's what they did, you know, and they reached out to ensure that, you know, kids could be learning from home. Um, And then even students, though, with different learning styles, you know, we were making copying packets and you know we had bins of stuff out front of the school for parents to come by if they needed things um and or extra you know materials or whatever they possibly needed you know we did our best to try to provide that so we're what five months or so into the school year have have we had instances where we had to send a whole class home or anything during this current school year we haven't we did have um one instance back before, I think before, it was right around Veterans Day, I think, when we had a lot of flu, though. We oh, saw a lot, a lot of, of flu. flu. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, there was, during that week, we did see a lot of flu, um, and we had some RSV, which I know there was a big flare-up of that, yeah. but nothing nothing COVID-related. Yeah, no one out for COVID, um, no entire classes, that is, you it know, like, out for COVID. It seems like we don't know, really, if a bad flu is... Worse than COVID, or or it's for some reason COVID scared us all more. 
but many people, yes. you know, uh, yes. traditionally we've seen whole classrooms wiped out by the flu. I mean, wiped uh, out like they're, yes. they're gone for a week and the teacher's not there. Yes. A couple yeah. of my schools had, you know, so many students out. And at first, you know, you kind of paint you, it's it, the reaction is, oh my gosh, does everyone have COVID? Like, yeah. is that going around again? Yeah. And, and, you know, the response was, oh, it's just the flu. It's, it's, it's just, the it's flu. like, you kind yeah. of forget that just. <laughs> But also, by the way, it's not just the flu. The flu yeah. is also, you know, for some people can be can be, can be pretty uh, miserable. Yeah, very miserable and or harmful. So, anyways, though, yes. So, so, are you able this year to be a principal? I, I mean, a principal, a, a superintendent. In, yes. In, in all its glory. In all its, about. yeah. I don't. Is there glory in that? I don't know. <laughs> no, absolutely. I love my job. Um, I just got back today too from visiting a school site, and I was out at, uh, at another school site in Auburn. I have a lot of visits this week, obviously for Catholic Schools Week. So that has been really fun. Um, I think I mentioned, you know, in the beginning of the year, we have thirteen new principals. Which is a lot, you know, yeah. for our, our elementary schools. It's about a third. Yeah, yeah. So that has been really fun, um, you know, putting on that hat and really just supporting and mentoring and helping coach where needed. Um, so that part of my job I absolutely love too. And, you know, all of all of our new principals are completely mission-based. And uh, many of them were promoted within, so they've been in our system. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of a testament too, just to building leadership capacity within. So that's been really exciting so we had lincoln on the other day lincoln snyder the former superintendent who's now the uh, executive director or president or ceo or whatever he some is big of, huge yes, long the NC, professional title yes, he sits on a throne <laughs> <laughs> of the ncea not the ncaa i was teasing him about when march madness comes around <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh um, and he was saying for the second year in a row, Catholic school enrollment is up. It is up. Is reversing a trend. Uh, some people are attributing it to uh, a lot of people wanted to have their kids back in school and, and Catholic schools beat everybody to the punch. Yeah. Um, you were more nimble, I think. Um, and I, I don't want to say more dedicated. Uh, I know you're dedicated, but it just yeah. there was something about it um with all due respect to the public schools that you were able to respond very quickly and i know i know the, the catholic herald had a, a, a schools issue and and our across the street neighbor was one of those non-catholic kids oh really featured in there who picked they they found saint james yes and by golly, he not only did he start attending St. James, he's now baptized. That's just amazing. You know, you know and, and little Ricky. And, oh, your uh, yeah. neighbors. That's so he's, funny. It's yeah, such a small world. I always say, you know, the Catholic world is such a small world. Well, it was, it was funny. You know, it, we just live on a, you know, a little neighborhood street with about eight houses on it. And one one day, I, I, I think it was a Saturday, I walked outside and there's cars parked everywhere. I thought, <laughs> is somebody getting married or somebody <laughs> die or what happened here? And and uh, I saw Ricky's grandfather and I said, Carl, what's going on here? He says, Ricky's getting baptized into the Catholic Church today. And I don't think anybody in any of those cars were Catholic. Oh, my you goodness. Know? And it was just, uh, and they'd all come for the baptism. How and, amazing. Yeah, and just so, so fun, though, when people just come together to celebrate something yeah, like and, that. And now he's, you know, I mean, he's going he's going to go to St. James for life. Yes. Know? And, and he's got two little siblings that are 
going to go as well when they get old enough, you know. That's just fantastic. And, yeah, and I think there's a lo- there are a lot of those stories out there that maybe they were going to this school and it remained closed and you got open, so they, they moved over to there. But they did, they they liked what they found. It's not mm-hmm. like you pick your favorite restaurant closed, so you found another one. And you go, but when your favorite restaurant, you're going to go back to it. Right. They stayed over here. Yes, uh, we did. We retained almost all of our new families um, that that did come over during the pandemic. And one of the most beautiful things I think is, you know, when we talk to these families. I mean, other than, of course, you know, your story, I think it's nice when they say we should have done this sooner. I don't know why we didn't come sooner. I don't know why we didn't come and check this out. You know, like once we're here, once once we have them, it's just, you know, they they find it to be their place. Uh, And we welcome that. We welcome all all new families um, into our schools. So most Schools will be having open houses uh, during the week. Or yeah, yeah. They do. well, most of them just had them. Just had one. Yep, Sunday. just had yeah. one on Sunday, and typically they have mass and an open house. Um, however, if any new family wants to check out new school, uh, Catholic school near them, they can just look on our website. They can even put in their address, and then it'll give them the closest ones to wherever they live. Um, and you know, our principals are ready and willing just to schedule a tour with them, um, and invite them in to meet teachers or come and have the kids shadow for a day. So yes, can I very come inviting. Lunchtime? You can definitely come at lunch, <laughs> but, but then we have to decide, okay, we have to look at the lunch menus. Yes. So oh, we get you true. something yeah, that you'd like. Yeah. Mac and cheese. <laughs> Perfect. That's easy. <laughs> the old Catholic school. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know what you're going to get. Oh <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. Those are great memories. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh so, as as you look forward, where where are we going? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, as we look forward, you know, I think things are definitely on the positive side and positive trajectory. So that's exciting. Um, some of our initiatives really focus around the Eucharistic revival. So yes. our principals are are really partnering and collaborating with their pastors on providing intentional opportunities just for our students and for our families. Um, so that is exciting. And I know um, our pastors and our principals are, are really passionate about that. So are a lot of materials on the Eucharistic Revival coming from like USCCB or the NCAA? Yeah. Or yeah. NCAA or, or... Not, not necessarily. I mean, they're, it's all over. So yeah. I know that um, Bishop does have a committee, our diocesan committee too. Right. So we're getting a lot of resources from our diocesan committee, um, which has been really helpful. The, are the um, kids grasping it? Yeah, I think in their, you know, I mean, it's grade level appropriate, obviously. Um, But so many of our principals have really worked with their staffs and coming up with different ways that they can incorporate, you know, into um, the school day. And and a lot of uh, schools who are having adoration for kids who have never had adoration. And so just seeing all of that growth has been, you know, excited, exciting and being part of that you know, overall bigger mission um, for the bishop. So that is great. We are really focused on building math leadership. We have a new partnership actually with uh, Notre Dame University. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has been a great opportunity where our teachers who are really interested in being math leaders um 
they are part of a two-year program, um, and they we have different cohorts, and so we they just named our first cohort. So I think we have six schools in our diocese that were selected to participate in the first round of this program. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we are very excited about that. So I will be actually announcing the names um, this week, um, you know, in in during Catholic Schools Week. And so that is really exciting. So, yeah, we're looking at different ways to really build uh, leadership capacity. You know, as you know, there's a global teacher crisis uh, shortage (laughs) for all of the reasons under the sun. Um, So we are really focused on that moving forward, you know, and making sure that we not only hire for a mission, but that we have, you know, qualified people who, who at the end of the day, yeah, you know, can, can keep up with um, our expectations and making sure that our students are not only compassionate, contributing members to society, but also are, are ready for the next level in their uh, in their education. So Notre Dame in the math is that for all grade levels or that's for all grade. So so it'll be a teacher from each from each one of those six schools, and all of our schools eventually get to participate. So it's over the course of five years, um, and then every year another cohort is added. So wow. you know schools who are not in the first cohort are added to the second, um, and those teachers through the program they learn how to be master math leaders on their campus for all grade levels um and then they will kind of collaborate with other schools in their area we we call them you know regions or clusters um to help build math capacity on our campuses wow. math knowledge and skills and yeah wow i know it's, the it's amazing football team had a little trouble with math last fall <laughs> oh did they yeah but they needed to know that the, the number on this side of the scoreboard was supposed to be <laughs> higher than the other number <laughs> Speaking of football, are you uh, in the playoffs? You like the playoffs, watching playoffs and all that? Yeah. All right. Why do they have them on Sunday? I have no idea. (laughs) Somebody on one of those should should, uh, talk about Sunday after Mass. Yes. uh, Yes. After Mass. uh, I always feel bad for the East Coasters. Like, I just think. How do they stay up so late oh, and know. watch some of those like games? Monday night football. Is yeah, they're over di- at midnight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> diehards. But Vince Lombardi, the old famous Packers coach, he had mass at the stadium. Well, for, oh, that's for his ha- Catholic players. That's actually really cool. Yeah, Green Bay is a very Catholic city yeah. to begin with, but they, uh, yeah, that's amazing. And you know what? What really struck me when uh, the player for the Buffalo Bills went down a few weeks ago and it was being resuscitated on the field and everybody thought the he might not make it oh yes i was watching i think it was espn and there were three people and they're trying to discuss it and they're running out of things to talk about and yeah. they're, you know they, they don't want to show clips of the the hit and, and anymore and and they're d- doing their best to just do tv yeah that's what they do and one of them said i think it's time we pray he's this is national television wow on, on i don't know how i didn't see this channel and and he he bowed his head and he said lord and he started i mean he prayed that's beautiful and the other the other i mean he, he prayed it from his heart he mm-hmm. wasn't he didn't pray the our father or the hail mary or anything mm-hmm. he just prayed you know and with all due respect to the our father and the hail mary yeah and and 
it went on for about three minutes, just this prayer. Wow. And all three said amen at the end. And it was it was one of the most beautiful things I've seen. It That's was like beautiful. I don't care what the rules are. I don't. I, we're gonna pray. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, it was it was it was very touching and very meaningful. So, out of tragedy, and then now yeah. it looks like kids kid is gonna be fine. Oh yes, they, at least that's what I think he's, I he's saw a lot too. Better. Yeah, I yeah, mean, he's, he's love. Yeah, he, they say he still has a a road to recovery. But, yes, but yes, uh, that was that was scary. Yeah. So it's going to be a great year. It's it is going to be a great year. Well, we're, we're, it's going to be a great second half to this school year. Well, yeah. <laughs> we're going to make it. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, but everything, you know, we're looking forward to so many things. And I know you're going to be hosting our Academica as the MC yeah. soon. Yes. So we are looking forward to that. What do I, what do I, now, what do I have to do? Well, I mean, what do I have to do so, to prepare for it? Oh, I well, I, hopefully, you know, our associate superintendent, uh, Mrs. Lori Power, she is going to provide you with the super quiz ahead of time so i'll know the answers you will know the answers you'll be the only person that knows the answers um but i highly recommend (laughs) practicing once or twice are there going to be some pronunciation guides (laughs) last year when i this might be why i'm so excited that you are emceeing this year just because last year as you know my first year i was like sure i'll do it and i start reading these questions and the answers and oh i was blown away yes i definitely and this is a national decathlon yes yes it's amazing you're i you're gonna you will enjoy it i think and um yes and i know you had just had our students on from the religion competition the fifth and sixth graders from presentation they Mm -hmm. were the winners but but the top three were only like five points apart. I know. It was really close this year. Yeah. It was. It was really close. And Sister Immaculata came in with them. Oh, yes. And, fantastic. Uh, and she was so much fun, too. Yes. And the kids, I, I just, you know, we interviewed each of the kids individually. And I'd say just almost half choking. Do you have got a college picked out? Oh, <laughs> Gonzaga, Notre Dame. You know, just boom, boom, <laughs> just like that. They, they've, they've already got it all figured out. Oh, man, I wish I had it figured out at that age. Oh, man, <laughs> I, I didn't even know where I was going to college when I was going to college. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> well, Katie, it's it's always a joy to see you. Thanks so much for all you do, and uh, have a great Catholic Schools Week and the rest of the school year. Thank you so much, and God bless. God bless you, too. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Bishop Jaime Soto. Stay tuned. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212. And remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. 
Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrusites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and longstanding support of the Bishop's Hour. We'd like to thank all the wonderful people and organizations, uh, businesses in town uh, and throughout the Diocese of Sacramento who have provided underwriting for the Bishop's Hour. Uh, some in the last few years, some uh, have been with us for a very long time. If you would like to be an underwriter for the Bishop's Radio Hour, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to, to support this mission and also to support the diocese and also uh, to get some uh, recognition for uh, your organization or for your business. The easiest way to do this is to uh, give us a shout, send us an email, radio at scd.org, and we can give you all the details about uh, helping to underwrite the Bishop's Radio Hour. Again, that's radio at scd.org. Hello, this is Moises de Leon from the Office of Family and Respect Life. You're listening to Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunnan. That's me. Welcome back, everyone. And we're joined by Bishop Jaime Soto. Bishop, always good to see you. Well, it's good to see you, Bob. And uh, uh, here we are in the, new, in the new year. Happy New Year to yes, you. Happy New Year. And also, say. actually, you know, uh, we're also in, in, the, in the beginning of the Lunar New Year. Yes, we so, are. So uh, uh, I've been... I've been with the Vietnamese, and then uh, and I'm gonna be with the Chinese uh, on Sunday. So these are these are very big yeah. celebrations for them. The year yeah. of the rabbit. Yeah, the year of the rabbit. I mean, we um, at the same time I I'll say that I offer my condolences and 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 I'm sure the prayers of everyone as we pray for uh, you know those uh, uh, the terrible uh, shootings and at in in Monterey Park. And then also in, in Half Moon Bay, yeah. uh, and that they, they take, they took place at this time of year, and, and you know, and, and affected mostly the the Chinese community. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, uh, you know, is, is obviously it, it, uh, it it's a, a blow uh, for the the Chinese community, but for all of us uh, yeah. who uh, in California to see that kind of violence, and um, so we. In join with in in prayer with them and mm-hmm. and that and that uh, uh, and uh, we hope and pray that uh, as all of us lo- we look with hope into this new year yeah. that we can also find the ways to overcome the the, the, the violence and and not let that um, not let that drag us down. Yeah, very well said. That's it's just so it's so so tragic and so shocking and and um, seemingly so random. Yeah, I, you know it's uh, interesting. Uh, you know, I, I was, uh, as you know, I, I grew up in Southern Cal, uh, and uh, and you know Monterey Park and all those areas, um, you know, were um, 
were actually very traditional Hispanic uh-huh. communities and neighborhoods, and 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 but over time, um, you know, have the 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 Asian communities and right. particularly the Chinese communities have grown in that area, and so it, it's it's interesting where you know before you you would go to Monterey Park for you know some very good uh, Mexican food, mm-hmm. but now you can go there and and to some of those other areas in the San Gabriel Valley. And uh, and it has some of the best Chinese food mm-hmm. anywhere. So it's uh, wow. interesting. Yeah, it, 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 it's the as, as I understand it, the first majority Asian city in the United States. Yeah, yeah. But as you point out, much much more recent. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's within. I you know I mean I'll say uh, I remember speaking to my counterparts in Los Angeles. Now this is going back years. Uh, you probably. The 80s and the 90s, uh, when that the, that demographic shift was happening right. in those areas, and you know, I, I mean, just to let you know that uh, none of us are free from those kinds of um, uh, prejudices or, or uh, temptations, but that they we, they were dealing. Uh, my counterparts in LA were dealing with, you know, traditional Hispanic parishes who were having a hard time. Uh, Opening up to the Chinese and sure, and, uh, sure. and so we don't, we don't, we don't want to let these kinds of people in here yeah. and and uh, you know how how short our memories yeah, are yeah, yep. how short our memories can be and uh, and and you know my counterparts just trying to sh- just shaking their heads and and uh, trying to work that through but in any case I mean those it's a uh, it is uh, uh, you know we have very. Uh, um, Large and thriving uh, Asian communities here in Sacramento and, and also down in the Bay Area, uh, but it, it is you know uh, Los Angeles has some very large communities, and unfortunately they've been uh, been uh, um, you know uh, hit by this the very yeah. sad, very tragic, very, yeah, tragic yeah, event. Very devastating, yeah. And Half Moon Bay up here, such a acute little community right there yeah. on the coast, and uh, yeah. just. Just tragic. Yeah. Well, uh, in any case, I you know the uh, talk about Asia. I I, um, I got back from the the Philippine Islands and yes, uh, uh, I, right after um, right after, but right, well, January first, um, uh, myself, uh, Father Jovito, uh, and Father Tamayo. And about uh, 35 other uh, folks, most from uh, mostly from uh, the diocese of, of Sacramento, uh, and mostly Filipino. Uh-huh. And uh, they, we all we went to the Philippines, and uh, uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful trip. This is the third time I've gone, Bob, and um, I don't remember the the. But uh, I've always gone with Father Jovito, uh-huh. uh, Father Jovito Rata, who's the pastor of uh, St. Peter's All Hallows, sure. and um, uh, and I, you know, I uh, I've kind of put everything in his hands, and and so he and he does a great job of coordinating the trip, and and we've always gone to different places in the Philippines. It's a, the Philippines is a big place, lots of islands, right. and and we. Um, the intention, the original plan was, is that we were going to go in uh, in 2020, uh, um, 2021, mm-hmm. and um, 
because that's when the 500th anniversary right. of evangelization right. took place in the Philippines. And so we were going to go and be part of the 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 uh, uh, the 500th anniversary uh, festivities right. in in the Philippines. And uh, well, it, that didn't happen because of the, the the pandemic. And then we we scheduled it again for 2022, and again it didn't happen. And so, uh, but the folks, you know, uh, uh, I was, you know, very determined to get back, and the group kind of hung in with us, mm-hmm. and so we uh, we wound up making the trip in 2023. So <laughs> uh, we were a little late for the 500th anniversary, but it was still a trip worth making. And you you wrote about uh, what March 31st, 1521. Yes, you, that's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. just, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, we went to the island of Limasawa, which mm-hmm. is um, a very small little island. I mean, if you kind of if you Google it, um, you'll you'll see that it's just a speck of an mm-hmm. island mm-hmm. next to you know a larger island of, of uh, Leyte. I think uh, I'm not very good at how the the Filipino archipelago is all named, uh-huh. but in any case, um, you know, much right next to a very small, much larger island is this small little island of Limasawa, where uh, where uh, uh, Magellan uh-huh. and his uh, his crew uh, landed. I think they'd probably landed in other islands as well, but they this it was Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. and they landed on this island, Limasawa. And that's where they celebrated Easter Mass wow. at at this place, and um, small little island. And we were again on this the larger island, and had to take these small little launches mm-hmm. out, uh, and uh, uh, it was you know a beautiful short little trip, maybe about forty minutes mm-hmm. or whatever, out to the island, and. Um, uh, and there are people who live there in the small little villages, mostly fishing. Um, and and the um, you know the 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 priest uh, and and the bishop of the area were you know very honest in that. Um, I, I guess they they knew that this is where the first mass had been celebrated, but they had they had never uh, it had never been promoted as a shrine, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, and, and the 500th anniversary, uh, you know, awakened a whole interest in this. And so, uh, the um, so now there's actually there is a new shrine being mm. built. And we went and we celebrated mass wow. at the shrine, and um, it were and, and like a lot of things in history that uh, that this is one of the sites where they believe the first mass took place, and. Um, but then later on, we had a very nice mass there and food afterwards provided by the, the local parishioners. And, um, and, and then we went down and the pastor showed us the, the parish. Uh, it's a beautiful uh, old building. And, 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 and then he shared with me, he says, well, you know, that uh, another line of thought is that the mass actually took place here. Oh the, wow! At the parish church. Oh wow! And um, and and you know, he explained that to me, and I said, "Well, you know, actually, I, I, I believe you because you know the the parish church itself is actually, is actually 
closer to the beach, uh-huh. and so sure. that you 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 could imagine sense. you know Magellan and his right. crew getting off and you know looking for a safe place and, and sure. but not too far, not too far from their boats and celebrating the mass there, uh, where they're building the shrine is a little bit more uphill. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think also on the way to where Magellan eventually planted a cross on the on the top, you know, uh, claiming the island for you know uh, for Christ and for right. the and the King of Spain. And, right. um, but in any case, uh, the the pastor's version of the mass taking place there, and that and that that's why the church was built. There mm-hmm. was because this was the site where the first mass was. To me, wow. makes a lot of sense. It really does. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, in any case, it was uh, a great experience. And, and uh, we we uh, after that we had to take the back, boat back. And the afternoon was a little bit more rocky. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> was there uh, a lot of prayer on the boat? <laughs> yeah, lots of prayer. It was a very. It was, you know, I didn't have to encourage people to pray. They were they were they were you know. Divine Mercy chaplets and yeah. rosaries and you know everybody, every, all kinds of prayers. Is it, it just was it, it wasn't bad, but it but it was a little bit more um, rocky, you know. It was yeah. A, yeah. and and uh, and there was a wind coming in and, sure. and spray coming over the boat, yeah. and so in that case, it was it was a great experience. So did the the food vary from place to place in the Philippines? There was a it was a little bit of a variation and. Um, I remember we went to one place, and they uh, their specialty was actually um, tuna, and uh, and they I mean and the that, let, let me first say that I uh, uh, a wonderful part of this trip, besides the sites where we went, was that almost in every diocese where we went. Uh, you know the uh, the bishops were very gracious, and you know I, I had the opportunity to sit down and you know speak with them. They were they offered hospitality to the whole group, right. and and yeah, in, in one case I'm trying to remember. I think that was probably the Archbishop of Palo, um, who yeah again brought us into his home and offered us just a, a wonderful meal, and. Um, um, and part of that meal was that he was offering, um, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, a tuna, mm-hmm. a tuna belly. You know that. I, so I think it's kind of one of the, sure. one of the more fatter right. part, portions. Of it, but it was just delicious. I mean, and uh, um, I, I, we I, we could have stayed there. And uh, <laughs> probably, is this is local tuna. Oh yeah, it was local yeah, tuna yeah. they caught. And so, uh, yeah. but I, you know, the. Um, uh, almost everywhere we went, not yeah, in many places that we went, um, we were offered lechon. You know, and lechon is they, they you know, is a, usually is a whole whole pig roasted, mm-hmm. and and the the Filipinos have a way of of doing the roasting where the um, uh, what's the word the uh, the the skin is. Um, uh, becomes very crispy and oh, yeah. a yeah. word for that I can't remember but and that and it's um, uh, very delicious and, and and of course again we, we, we during the the two weeks that I was there m- maybe five or six of the days you know we, people were serving us a whole pig and uh, and so and they were all very delicious and some of them you know had you know particular tastes or, uh-huh. or 
uh, flavors to them that were t- that were uh, indigenous uh-huh. to with the place, and and then of course the fish was always different, and there were and there were different varieties of fish, and then uh, in different areas that we went, the fruit was different. Okay. So they would you know in either um, uh, either the types of fruit or like you know the bananas or the uh, mangoes would just be a little bit different, and so I mean uh, we did. Uh, uh, you know, the, you know. Thank goodness it wasn't Lent, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Uh, so, uh, because we we ate very well during that, and and uh, and I would have to, there was one of the the uh, it was it was very sweet. One of the um, uh, pilgrims on the trip, uh, she was a retired uh, nutritionist, uh-huh. you know, and so uh, she could not resist at every meal. Tell me what I could or could oh. not eat, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's what nutritionists do. <laughs> they're killjoys. No. Uh, yeah, and so no, but they would always point out, oh no, this yeah, fruit you can have as much as you want, right, Bishop. Oh, right. thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, so it rained all the time. Right? Well, you know, the whole time that we were in the eastern region. Uh, Leyte, um, I'm trying to remember some of the other names, but you know, more kind of the the Visaya region, the more eastern side of the Visaya region, uh, which is the region that where that that faces the Pacific. Right. So um, we, we literally had you know, most days it was just rain from from morning to dusk, and and uh, the the rain did not l- let up. And some days, some days it just was it was a a bit of a a bother or a nuisance. Other days it was a pretty strong rain. Yeah. And um, I, w- the one day that we went out, we were in the Lagatsby region, and um, uh, we were in the vicinity of the volcano Mayon, and um, and the the plan was to actually you know see if we could travel up mm-hmm. the volcano, and um, but that it, because of the rain it just wasn't wasn't yeah. possible wasn't possible to do that. But uh, it was. It, but once we got so that was on the eastern side. Once we got into the western side of of the Philippines, like in Manila, and then. But actually, we spent a few days in Davao, uh, which is on the uh, the island of Mindanao. Mm-hmm. Um, that the weather was you know was was perfect. It was very good, and and it was warm, but it was not uncomfortable. We you know we had uh, the evenings would actually be kind of cool. So it's basically so, a tropical climate, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, there's only really two temperatures in the Philippines. It's hot and very hot, well, yeah. <laughs> and humid. I presume. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah. but the humidity was not bad during yeah. the time that we were there. And um, so I I uh, uh, Davao was a very interesting area because that's also, um, you know, most parts of the Philippines. Um, I mean, the whole world is Catholic, and and, right. and the and the the Catholic culture just is is uh, seeps from everything, you know, the not just in the church life, but even the public life. You mm-hmm. just it's very very prevalent, right. uh, and particularly because we were just coming out of Christmas, and then also approaching the the feast of uh, the Santo Nino, mm-hmm. the the Holy Child of uh, of Cebu. Um. So that it was amazing. Once we got into Mindanao, and particularly in Davao, is a in some sense it it it, 
uh, kind of parallels a little bit of, of like American society in that it's a was a much more plural community. Mm-hmm. And so, and we and again, I had a wonderful conversation with the Archbishop there, and and and, um, and he, uh, you know, was talking about uh, his work with uh, with the Filipino Catholics, but in also indigenous tribes, mm-hmm. more in, you know, more indigenous tribes. Um, and and Muslims and oh, so wow. and so and that that's you know how should I say is that you know min, uh, unfortunately Davao uh, was also uh, a, a heavily secured city mm-hmm. so like you know uh, shopping malls had armed security wow. and and you had to go through metal detectors just to get into a shopping mall um, most of the uh, you know, getting onto you know uh, boats or barges was also there was a lot of security, yeah. and uh, going through the city there would be, you know, uh, you know, not not just police presence but really military presence right. around at different places and and uh, checkpoints, and so I guess the city, um, you know, is, is, it tries to maintain a, a safe environment for for folks and i but I, I i don't remember they told us when the latest incident of violence had mm-hmm. had broken there in the city and it had been a few years but still that you know there uh, there was that sense of caution and right. um uh but the 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 archbishop was saying you know that uh you know that his work to try to have people um you know Live together, work together well, and and uh, um, when actually you know both he, uh, the bishop of uh, of Davao, and then also the, the archbishop of Davao, and then the archbishop of Palo, uh, both of them uh, shared with uh, with me uh, their uh, uh, immense gratitude to the church in the United States and to Catholic Relief Services. Oh, wow. Yeah, that they, they, they spoke just how, uh, what a great partner uh, the U.S. Catholic Relief Services is to them. Uh, in, in Davao, uh, that the um, Catholic Relief Services is present and, and uh, helpful with uh, programs for reconciliation and mm-hmm. for peace, mm-hmm. peace building in, in, the, in, the, in the Mindanao region. And in in Palo, the the Catholic Relief Services is has done much more much of the disaster relief right. in that. In fact, right. they were ve- they're very active, were very active in in the rebuilding from, uh, uh, you know, Typhoon Yolanda. Right. And and one of the one of the nice things that we did while we were while we were in that region um, is we went uh, to a, a, a house, a kind of a neighborhood. Called Dreamville. Uh, Dreamville. That's yeah. right. Dreamville. You wrote about it. Yeah, and uh, and it's you know about nine hundred units uh, built for displaced families. Wow. By about, Catholic Relief yeah, Services. Yeah, by Catholic Relief Services. Beautiful neighborhood area, and it, it, the 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 neighborhood is obviously has already been functioning for it looked like a couple of years because I mean, you know, there was all kinds of stuff going on, and right. people set up in their businesses, and kids going to school, and the whole. The, the whole shebang, and uh, so, but it was great to see that. It's great yeah. to see that, and uh, and 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 to know that we we were part of helping that community. Well, it's interesting because Catholic relief, you think of of disaster relief, and it's it's just a small part of what they do. They do yeah. a lot of, like you say, community building, and, and well, you know the uh, um, 
the actually the first day we were there in the Philippines, um, the Catholic Relief Services is stationed. They have an offices in, in Manila as well as out in Leyte and then also in Davao. But the first day there, we act, there were two representatives from Catholic Relief Services who were local Filipinos that worked mm-hmm. for Catholic Relief Services, and they came and gave a presentation to the group mm-hmm. just to kind of outlaw, uh, out, uh, lay out for folks uh, the work that right. um, uh, CRS does, uh, CRS USA uh, does in, in the, the Philippines and, and what a... You know what an important work they do. So yeah. it, was, it was nice. Indeed, nice for that's, to do that's that. wonderful, Bishop. Uh, you, you were not very fond of Manila. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, you know, it just is. Uh, uh, how should I say? You, you you go to you go to these large uh, third world capitals, and they're you know they're very large, and they and they have um, and they're. You know, making you know all these attempts to be kind of modern and and and, and it's uh you know they're noisy, crowded, <laughs> and you know and and of course they they become a magnet for people who you know are poor and looking for work and right. and so it's just oh it's a it's just um you know they're uh you know they're just on on the on the border between uh, uh, you know p- chaos and. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did not rent a car there. Oh no, 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 no! It's uh, uh, I, you know, there there are very nice parts to Manila, and and I and I mentioned going to the Intramurals, which is the old Spanish fortress there in Manila, which is is quite a quite a sight to see, and and imagine, you know, again, imagining all the history that those walls of that of that fortress have absorbed over the centuries. Uh, but again, that's a small part, and you know the the rest of the city. And anybody who anybody who's been there just knows it's uh, it's just very difficult to move around that city, and yeah. and uh, it's and the noise and and uh, uh, the pollution and and everything and everything. And it's just all and you know, how should I say and uh, and all these how should I say uh, kind of uh, the in intrusion of. Uh, of American culture in there, uh-huh. so you know, <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken right. and Starbucks <laughs> yep. and and Domino's Pizza right. here, and and you go, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bishop, we're flat out of time. We had a whole bunch of topics to talk. Oh, okay. About, but, well, uh, we'll have to have you back soon. Uh, oh, when, sure. When your schedule sure. allows. And uh, well, Bob, I, it's always a pleasure, and uh, and we 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 are going to have a very busy 2023. Yes, so. we are. Yes, we are. Thank you, Bishop. God bless. God bless you, too. Thanks so much. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll talk again soon. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, enriching lives in the Sacramento region through Sisters of Mercy Ministries in Healthcare, education, housing, and the care for the poor and elderly. For the Mercy Foundation, philanthropy is one of the most powerful expressions of compassion and love. Just as many people in our community need a hand, Countless others are reaching out to them with comfort and hope. You can express your care and concern for the less fortunate with a gift to the Mercy Foundation. Uh, You can give them a call, 916-851-2700. That's 916-851-2700. And you can be confident that fully 100% of your contribution will support the Sisters of of Mercy Ministry or ministries that you choose.
And what a wonderful treasure Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts has been for all of us here in the diocese as they uh, uh, transition uh, into uh, uh, new ownership and management. Uh, they continue to offer wonderful workshops, wonderful uh, uh, resources for the Catholic community throughout the Diocese of Sacramento. Not only does Easter's provide a wide array of Catholic books, both current releases and longtime classics, but they also sponsor a number of valuable workshops and lectures throughout the year. They're, they're located at 6916 Sunrise Boulevard in Citrus Heights. Give them a call, 916-338-7272. We also receive a generous underwriting support by Crumley & Associates, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services. If you have questions about retirement, Crumley & Associates can help you with their confident retirement approach that can help define a clear roadmap to get you where you want to go. You can uh, contact them, get all the details at Crumley & Associates, 7956 California Avenue in Fair Oaks. They're at 916-638-4600. That's 916-638-4600. And we uh, are, are certainly uh, appreciative of the uh, fine and uh, long-standing support of the Mercy Foundation, of Easter's Catholic Books and Gifts, and of Crumley and Associates. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the Mercy Foundation, Enriching Lives in the Sacramento...